0: All right, we're just gonna get started. I'm Scott, he's a former NFL player, could have been a former Major League Baseball player, he's that good, you know. He's also the current president of the NFL Player Association, the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, and host of the online TV show, The Extra Point, and of course, host of the uh, Extra Point podcast, along with me. And good friend of. And a good friend of mine. That's right. He's Larry Mallory. (laughs) All right, Larry. We taped our podcast last week. Verify that we did do, we do did. it. We did. Yes, we did. You know, and it was it was so good. It was probably the best one we ever had. It was by far the best one. And I mean, I, I loved it. You know, we had <laughs> we had the arguments going about the the Jaguars giving up forty two points to Pittsburgh, and you're telling me it's about the W, and you know, and I kept saying, "Where's this defense?" and all of that. And shortly after we taped we started hearing oh no's from Cindy and Adam (laughs) as they were breaking down. And we looked at each other and said, "Let's go to lunch."
1: And, and I think when we figured out what was happening in the long run, we started to crack because it was so good. I mean, it, we really covered so many good subjects last and, week. And
0: and <laughs> it's a shame everybody missed our That's greatness. Right. That's right. You know, but the uh, 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 but unfortunately, we couldn't get our schedules to work to redo it. That's true. You know, but we but we had that slight opportunity. But we were worn out and said, "Let's go to lunch."
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, so we, we you know we, we had, had to break. do that.
0: Um, but there was a technical glitch. And um, but it was interesting because, you know, to me, it's so far in the past now, because I remember we talked about the Falcons blowing the Super Bowl and then blowing the game against Philadelphia. They had the opportunity on the final drive on the five yard line, two yard line or whatever in a 15 to 10 game and they couldn't punch the ball in. And I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, you know, these guys are just beside themselves two years in a row. Yeah. yeah. But that it, the, now that the next games went, those games are so far in the past now. Everybody forgets. They're over. Is this
1: kind of like the new wave we have in America? Because on the news cycle, the news cycle is just churning so fast right, now. You, right. forget, you forget what happened the day
0: before. <laughs> and that's what's going on the sports side now. That's right, you know, that's I, right. I, I still remember, you know, I think we had talked about, you know, I had to take um, my, you know, my little 93-year-old mom yeah. to Sundays. My wife and I, we have to take her to a movie. Uh-huh, that's and so we went to see uh, uh, The Post. And <clears throat> so I had missed most of the Minnesota Saints game. But the movie ended and there were three minutes left and I'm standing in the lobby with 300 other people watching the end of that game. And there was like 19 scores in the final three minutes. That's right. Ending with the what they were calling the Minnesota miracle. Yeah. You know, on that uh, bomb to Diggs, he caught the ball and stayed in bounds. and, And the defensive back drops
1: his head and he's he'd already been had all these previous accolades on how good he was as a rookie right and then he makes that rookie mistake he'll remember that for the rest of his
0: life but we were talking about now there's case keenum the quarterback mm-hmm. and then there's teddy bridgewater who was the quarterback until he got hurt and mm-hmm. then there was sam bradford right. who also was the quarterback till he got hurt and we we're talking about how you know which one they're all going to be free agents which one of the three is minnesota going to keep and we both agreed that it's got to be Case, because yeah. this is his team, and look what he did with them. And then they had that horrible game against Philadelphia that we'll get into in a minute. Yeah. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, now it, the discussion is, who are they going to keep? That game, did that change everything on Case Keenum, that uh, game? I don't think it did. I think that, you know, um, it's a
1: long journey to get to that particular game and Case actually managed and guided them through that journey. None of the three quarterbacks have been signed. So at the end of the day, the the team that was possibly going to the Super Bowl in 2017, 2018, now might not even have any of the three quarterbacks with them next year. So it's amazing that... That, that this offseason for Minnesota will be a big negotiating offseason for them, but I think they have the core of a, of a strong team. If you notice, you know, Case has moved around a lot. His wife is a great manager of moving them from city to city, so right. if he has to go, he's comfortable with it, but the other two guys, I don't know if they've moved around as much as Case has.
0: Well, you know, I remember we talked about how Coach Zimmer said what you always say in that miracle game. You know, the Vikings, he was congratulating the team. You guys played all 60 minutes. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, in that previous week, you know, uh, uh, the Patriots were really the only team that did exactly what they were supposed to do. They just dominated, you know, the uh, the, the Titans. Who am I leaving out from that week? You know, we talked about Minnesota. We talked about uh, uh, um, the Jacksonville. Falcons, Jacksonville. OK, so we covered them all. Uh-huh, yeah, we got you know, you know we, we did cover them all. And then but we were talking about how great a week of football that was. Right. I mean, it was so exciting, all those games. And now, it's like, like the news cycle. Nobody's, you, you don't remember them. You, you know, uh, you don't think of them. It's like, you know, I, I complained to a buddy of mine in California you know, when the Bears blew a game to Atlanta uh-huh. where uh, uh, Howard dropped the ball that would have been the game-winning touchdown. You know, Josh Howard, the great running mm-hmm, back, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the game. And he emailed me back and he, he goes, oh, yeah, somebody in Cleveland dropped the football in 1963. You know, it mm-hmm. was like he was mocking me. Right. That that happens in every game. And, you know, and as a fan, we cling to those things going, oh, if only, if only. But those games, those four games that were so wonderful are completely wiped out from our memories now because of the two we had last week.
1: And, I, and just to continue on that thought pattern, I even think that, that the day that they, the other day when they played, uh, the the AFC played the first game with um, with uh, the New England Patriots and, and and their opponent, and the NFC the second game, it's the same on that day because everybody was looking at that New England game, right? And, right. and honestly, everybody kind of, kind of A lot of people wanted New England to not get there again. Right. Right. Then after the Philadelphia game started so aggressively. People just started moving away from t- from the television because right. Philadelphia was locked. They were some people were disappointed because they didn't want to see the Patriots. In fact, I think you're they so look at the game. You're so kind. <laughs> they look at that game to see. Let's hope the Patriots lose. Okay, they won na- again. Na- na-
0: now you're. <laughs> well, you know w- w- what's really interesting about that uh, that game. You never felt like when teams are down twenty to ten in a playoff game. Mm-hmm and you know, we talk about it a lot, defense, 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 and you're talking about who they're playing, there was still never that comfort that New England wasn't gonna come back and win this game. That's true. I mean, I mean you, you're going 20 to 10 the whole fourth quarter, they're gonna come back and win, and then they scored that touchdown to make it 20 to 17 yeah. with like eight and a half minutes to play or something. You're going, well, if they get a stop, they're getting the ball again. That's right. One of the
1: announcers, I th- I think, put it very well. He said, "When New England gets to the playoffs, they believe they're going to win, and the opponent believes they're going to win." I thought that was a a poignant statement, a very a great. So the
0: statement. opponent believes New England's going
1: to win. Exactly, yeah, well, exactly. Well, then, think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They've then, been then, watching New England perform for sixty minutes and come through at the last minute, time after time, time after time. Yeah, and. To be quite frank now, my analysis of that game, though, when, when you've won as much as Belichick has won, I do believe that the referees have a sensitivity to your team because I do believe that— yeah, Careful, now, careful, careful. I careful, know, I know. They're 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 terrible, know. Careful, careful. <laughs> but I think that some of those calls on, on the defensive backs, uh, Jacksonville's, Saxonville's defensive backs, kind of lean toward the Patriots.
0: Now, you know, I agree with you, but here's my question to that. Uh-huh. Are they thinking that during the game?
1: The referees? Yeah. No, they're not thinking it during the game. In fact, I believe that their minds have to be blank during the game. They can't put anything in there Which I prior to the game. I,
0: I believe that they, have they are re- during the game. They're watching the game. They're roughing the game. Well, they have to react to the situation. Right. And the, the, key, the key to
1: some referees is your area. They don't look right. at the whole game. Right. The lineman is only looking at linemen. The back judge is only looking at backs. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. so the referees in general have to go into the game with a clear mind because it's, it's moving so fast, they have to react so fast, and they're responsible for only a certain part. And if that part is not captured properly, now they have a camera
0: over them to right. say you were wrong. Well, <laughs> So that's it, a yeah, challenge yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah, it is. Now let challenge. me ask you, when you were playing, how much talking to the refs did you do? None at all. No, no, no! Talking to the referees at all. None of the players. Then? No, me personally.
1: Yeah, because I wouldn't. I came out of a, 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 a historical black college, where the coach was very similar to Belichick. Right. There right. was no emotion on the sideline. Right. You focused on what you were supposed to do. If you did something wrong, I've shared this with you. You do five, ten, and ten. Yeah, yeah, I know, so, I know. yeah. That rolling on your side. on right. a football field. So you you talking about discipline? We yeah. walked into that stadium disciplined. We were disciplined by our coaches during the game, and we yeah. walked out of their discipline. If anybody got off of that process, they were reprimanded severely. And you see that same personality in the New
0: England Patriots. All right, team. so well, let me ask you this, then. Uh, what do other players say to the refs? I mean, well, are they bitching at them during the game? Are they? You're saying, I believe, and this is personal. I you, believe, he's holding me all game, ref. Come on. Well, I believe that this is a process
1: of generations and you and I right, are right. from the same generation. Right, 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 You probably didn't talk at the referees the way that these young kids are talking at the referees. We were taught a little different. Right, right. Our respect, you know, right. was a, a bit different. Right. But nowadays the money is there. The minimum salaries are high. Yeah. If you don't the millennials say if you don't become the leader, I'll take it over and yeah, just pay yeah, me. So yeah. you know yeah well, you that's know, the difference. Well
0: see and that's the thing too. It's like um you know, you talk about even the coaches. How are you telling a guy $50 million who's making $50 million a year, how how can you tell him what he should be doing? Very easily <laughs> cut him. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. the power now. The right, coaches right, still have right. the power. But they're not going to cut anybody who's making that kind of money.
1: Well, well, mm-hmm. the $50 million man, though, has a much more scrutiny than the $20 million. Yeah, man. yeah. And the $50 million <laughs> man is usually a quarterback. Yes. What I like <laughs> About
0: that is, yeah, the twenty million poor twenty million dollar man. Yeah. He is yeah. in such a, a low category.
1: <laughs>
0: hey, I'm sorry that cracked me up. Hey, in, I know pre 93 pre 93 we were a thirty thousand dollar man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. Now let me ask you, uh-huh. does that bother you guys? Um, um, because you really laid the foundation. For the guys to start getting that money. Mm-hmm. And, and explain to people that 93 is kind of when the money started to kick in. Right. Because you the, always talk about pre-93 and after 93. That's right. That was a collective
1: bargaining agreement right. year that converted from the old processes to the right, new processes.
0: Right. But but, uh, how did that make you guys feel? I, I mean, does it bother you?
1: It, you know, Scott, that's a great question. Um, and it's a great question for, my, for me and my chapter here because we just had one of our players that we just had to put in a, you know, it was very cold recently and we just had to find a place for him to stay. He was sleeping in his car. So it's according to what player you're, right, you're right. speaking with. I think every player has an issue with doing the same thing that someone else is right. doing and did and making a 90% less for the same activity. So there's always going to be something there. Um, all in all, though, many professional athletes that were stars in the old days, they didn't make the money the guys making, but they were able to leverage their lives a little differently you know, than guys that were not big stars. And so I think that it's according to who you speak to. I don't think that many players will publicly denounce right, what's right, going on because right. of the brotherhood, right. you know, the overall brotherhood. But if you played a game and had to go through something where you had to hit 60, 70, 80 times a year and and make thirty thousand where now someone hits fourteen only times a year right, and makes right. a minimum of a half million, there is some emotion. Yeah. If not only from your wife and your children. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You know I mean? Yeah. There's yeah, some yeah, emotion. Yeah,
0: you know, well my kids uh when they were young, would say, Dad, if you would have gone out and played, we'd be in a mansion. That's right. You know, and, and I'm thinking pre-'93. <laughs> that's right. We <laughs> hey, wouldn't right. be in anything. But so, you did pretty good in the yeah, long run. Well, <laughs> so let me, let me ask you now. Um, there was something else, oh, that I wanted to mention to you. A couple of years ago, and I forget who it was, but one of the former oh. great Boston Celtics. Okay. They were auctioning off all of his memorabilia because he needed the money. And I can't remember, you know, I'm so bad with names now. I I see his face, but I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. But the big thing I was hearing on the radio was how, well, you know, they set the stage, those guys in the 50s, you know, with the great Russell teams, that uh, for the Kevin Garnetts, you know, to make their, you know, $50 million a year and everything. And they were sort of putting the onus on Kevin Garnett to buy up all the memorabilia and okay. then maybe give it back to him, I see. you know, and everything. So is there... I can't see how you blame the players of today for what happened in the past. Now, they may be the beneficiaries of all of this groundwork, but it's kind of like that in life for everything. Because like, when you think of the generations, I think of my grandparents coming here, the typical story that we hear so often, without a dime in their pocket, poor in Europe, came here with the American dream. They all got married, raised their families. They didn't necessarily get rich. They... Lived the life, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then my parents had a little bit better. Except they had to live through the Great Depression as children, which they suffered. And you know, my dad had to go into World War II. And uh, you know, our generation had a little bit better, you, you know. Mm-hmm. And now our kids have it really pretty good, you know what I mean? But I guess you know, I don't expect my kids to sit there and go, "Oh, their great grandparents." You know, I don't know how much they think about that today. So it's kind of like that in sports too. How much blame could the guys today get for what might have happened to the older players? Well, I've never seen any older player put any blame on a younger player. Okay. Okay. Uh, Well, this wasn't the players doing it. This was. I was just talking about this one story with the Boston Celtics, where they were the radio guys were suggesting that maybe this is uh, Kevin Garnett should take care of this, and I'm sitting there going, but. Why? Right. Well, now I can't speak on the you know on the on the media side. You right. you
1: would have to probably take a much stronger right. position on that side. But from a player side, I, I've never I don't see many players blaming anybody for anything. Um, I think that that uh, if you if, if there is some blame to be put out, it'll probably be on your parents. You know, you just right. have to be born right. <laughs> born at this time of, in your life. But I've never I think that there's a brotherhood that's been established no matter when you play, um imagine this. I'm I'm 65 and right now I I have guys in my chapter that are in their 70s and 80s. They made less than I even I made. Right, they actually right, had to right. ride the bus to the games or the train to I the games think, in think the big that. cities, think you know, that. with yeah, their fans. Yeah, yeah. So we we've we've um we I think professional athletes have scabbed up right. for the for the improvement in the sport and the generational opportunities that it's provided. But but that's in life in general, though. Well, but we're only talking about sports right now. And in life in general, I mean, in in both sports and in life in general, according to where you are at that time, is according to how you view it. Because in America, everybody should be happy, and there's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But just as I shared with you, I just had a player that was out in the freezing cold, sleeping, not knowing where to go, when we would try to get him into a place, the statement, his statements is gonna be how much he hates the NFL. Right. So it's according to where you are, it's according to your brain position. You know, we had a lot of head trauma in NFL and a lot of guys that are in bad shape are in bad shape based upon some of the things that possibly have come from their their time in professional football right right, right. so it, it's uh,
0: I think it's an individual basis but overall it's a pretty good brotherhood well let's jump off track here just okay. for a second then and, and, and I just want to mention the CTE we talked about it in the podcast that didn't air but you're gonna receive an award uh, from uh, uh, women activists in, in CTE yes, sir. these are mothers who lost their children correct, correct. Uh, because you are a, a former NFL player that is promoting the flag football until 14 right you know, so I just wanted to uh, uh, just, you know, know, mention that, you know, that you will be honored for that. And, and is that a movement that you think is going to catch on? Well, yes, um, because from the, I sort
1: of watched the movement um, evolve. And so this is not the early stages of it. It's actually kind of the middle developmental stages of it. Um, It's, it's, did it go off?
0: No, I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, okay. I <laughs> All I right. was well,
1: squinting because I didn't have my glasses uh, on. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, these are, so it's in, the, it's in the developmental stages, and now the organization has had the opportunity of speaking with the U.S. Senate and, and, um, and identifying January 30th as National CTE Day. Right. And so I believe that, you know, I wouldn't have my child. My young baby child, before fourteen, hitting his head on a wall every right, day. right, right, or doing something to shake his. I, I wouldn't have him doing that, and so I sort of understand or feel that I understand the fact that youth sports should not be cerebrally aggressive right, early. Right, right, right. At least gives give the young people a chance to for their brains to develop to some degree of right, stability, right, right. and then move into some degree of. And muscle. my
0: guess would be if they are more developed, they're probably better able to recover from injury. I would think
1: so. and yeah. in fact that's a great way of putting it because basically what we're doing is preparing better professional athletes. Right, right. I think the from early to 14 is an area where we can work on health, you know, we can fight children's right, obesity. Right, right. We can talk about learning processes and how we can get healthy and, 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 and right. work on the physical part of our bodies but without having to go through any cerebral challenges.
0: You know, um, and it's not only football, it's kind of all sports. That's true. So is there, will there be, is there a movement you think that will try to redefine
1: sports? I think that the, the and that's the movement that I've aligned to because I think the only thing that can redefine sports are our mothers. Right, right. And, and I support these mothers. My heart has gone out to the mothers that have lost their children early right, in, right. in youth sport. And anything that we can do, I can do as a person to increase the safety in youth sports, I'm, I'm there for yeah, them. Yeah. Also though, anything that I can do, I'm, I'm watching these kids. You know, Scott, we do a lot of football camps and a lot of these little football camp coaches are saying that the strongest thing that they're seeing on children nowadays are their thumbs.
0: Because all oh, yeah, they're yeah, doing yeah, is yeah, working yeah. the phone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So
1: we need to, when you and I grew up, yeah. Our mothers would say, go to the playground. Right. You know what I mean? And we knew to come in when the lights would come on. Yeah, or we heard a whistle from somebody's father. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We don't get that type of physical exercise in the kids' lives anymore. Right. And with our diets and with the fact that in inner-city neighborhoods, there's not a lot of healthy food. Right. You know what I mean? So between uh, healthy food, um, bringing children into a better health condition— those are the things I think that youth football can do before we start to understand if you got to tackle somebody right. or not. Is there ever going to be a movement to abolish football? I don't think so. I think that it's too strong of a of a U.S. entity. Uh, I think that football, after a certain period of time, is a very strong commercial and capitalistic opportunity for a specific group of people, for any group of people, based on right. the new salaries we have. Right, right, right. So I don't think it'll ever go away. Yeah. I think that I think that we can help to deliver better athletes to be considered professionals. Yeah.
0: And the way that we do that is to preserve their brains. Let me ask you this now, too. You know, when you talk about the salaries, I don't have any idea. So that's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. What do the front office guys make? I mean, what, what, what is the general manager of a football team? Is he making more than the players? I mean, he's the boss. Yeah, that's right. He's the boss. Gruden just signed... a. Hundred million dollars, <laughs> but it's only ten million a year. <laughs> that's true.
1: It's only ten million a year. You know, right? and he's got to go all ten years. Oh, he's so in such a rough situation.
0: I'm well, sure. I know, but what is that, Brady? Is that a month and a half for Brady? <laughs> that's right. That's you, true. You know, I'm not sure about the front office salaries. Um, I, just, know, I, I was just curious because yeah. you know, you you always you know, in most organizational charts, the boss makes this the. VP makes this, uh, you know, the assistant makes this, and, and Don, it works his way down. It works That's his right. way down. <laughs> That's
1: right. Here it's it seems point. like the
0: players make so much money, and there's so many of them. Uh-huh. <clears throat> what is the front office guys getting? Okay, now I, I do have some input on that
1: because the players are not players are nowhere near the top of the revenue. Right, right. You know,
0: the owners and, are the first. Yeah, right. Obviously, right. And, and they're making, I'm sure, buku's of money. They'll never tell us that, but ten million a day. A some, small, yeah. some small, amount. smaller. Yeah, like I'm sure they're making a lot of money. Yeah, the owners. But then, what about the general manager or the the president, the vice president of operations, or you know, all these titles? I think they're that, making a living. I'm sure they're making a great living. Right. But, but you know, I would
1: I would go out on a limb, Scott, to say that the players are are more. No, but see, based upon the fact that I'm only hitting 14 times, they've taken out. A lot of the physical activity. Right, Players right.
0: basically come... Now, 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 you know, I know what you're talking about, but you better explain what is that 14 times hitting. Oh, okay. 14 times hitting means
1: that when you sign an NFL contract, unlike the past where you would hit twice a day. Right. In practice. In practice, yeah. right. Throughout the entire season. Right. Right? And if the coach got mad at you, it might be a little more. Right. Now yeah. you are only allowed to put on shoulder pads... 14 times outside of the 16 games that you play. Right. You are only allowed to put on shoulder pads 14 times and hit each other physically. Right, right. 14 times. Right. Pop Warner football players are right. hitting more than 14 times. Well, sure. So sure. that supports my position on the children. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and they're right. not getting paid. Right. So that, that's the issue. The issue now is that the contractual relationship that they have with the players And there is an effort to draw attention to reduced head trauma, reduced pounding of the brain. Now there's a designated 14 times a year that you hit. Right, right, right. So I hit 14 times in one week. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And my wife still calls me crazy. So
0: (laughs) do you guys, do you have a fear that something one day is going to be wrong?
1: Well... Um, not only a fear, you actually live it. You and I live it. Sometimes we right. got to put our glasses on. Sometimes yeah. we can't remember. Right. What happens in the past, though, Scott, was that the brain was not focused on as much as it's being focused on now. When right. we were growing up, right. Right. people didn't talk about, uh, you know, concussions, concussions yeah. and yeah. stuff. Got they, your bell rung. They saw that this as a, as a uh, jumping the broom to be a man right. type right. of sport. You right. know what I mean? Right. Nowadays, the information is why we're having these conversations. Right. The the deaths, the guys yeah. that have passed on before us, yeah. those are the guys that's allowing us to. Have and
0: these and you know, you had once said to me in passing, talking about that ninety three, pre ninety three, and after ninety three. You mm-hmm. said to me, and maybe I'm wrong on the number. That's why I want to ask, mm-hmm. but you had said that there's only six hundred of you guys left that played football in the NFL pre ninety three. Is that the accurate number? Well, it
1: was. Um, it was uh, these. There was a. Um, there was a 2,800 number at one time, and these were guys that had played three years, which is the new vestation period. Right. right. There's many more guys out there, but guys before 93 that should be vested that are not. I got you. Those are the guys that started at 2,800, and then they went to around 17, and now we're down about eight or seven, 800. Right, right. So the guys are dying off, right, and especially right. those that played in the 50s, 60s, and now they're at my ear because I'm in the 70s. That's, that's a frightening thought. <laughs> well, it, it, it's a conscious thought. It, yeah. we, we didn't have this type of consciousness when you and I were, were coming Kids, up yeah, here. yeah, no. You know what I mean? And now we have to, this is another part of the equation. So now, when you're upstairs in your house and you start downstairs and then you forget, what, what, what am I yeah. going for? <laughs> now it becomes more relevant to you. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Then in the right. old days when your parents might say, okay, I'll remember when I get <laughs> yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, everybody uh, watching or listening to this podcast, you could watch it on the Generations Broadcast com. Uh, you can uh, listen to it on iTunes, and you can watch it on the Generations YouTube channel. Just thought I'd throw a little. Plug that's pretty in for good. Him. You've had your hydration today. You're yeah, that, that's overly right. That, That's right. <laughs> See, these are the things we worry about. But What I was going to say is that anybody that's like 40 and younger are sitting there and going, what are, what, these are two they <laughs> "What are they talking about? What are they talking about? These two old guys. What are they?
1: What are they? But anybody a little bit older." get it but our message to them is that we love you young guys because we're actually telling you what your future might look like if you could if
0: you do what we did yeah (laughs) in in rocky 900 there was a line where he looked at the boxer you know because he called him a crazy old man and he looked at him and said you'll get there that's right that's right so you know and i'm always telling that to adam you know uh, when he says something to me i go you'll get there yeah yeah You, you know And unfortunately, it'll come up quicker than you think. That's true. All right, well, let's, uh, you know, know, I know we got some time. There's a very important football game this weekend that we probably won't discuss at all, the All-Star Game. Yeah, (laughs) no one to talk about that. (laughs) You know, uh, but the Super Bowl coming up, uh, um, the games last week, um, did that surprise you, Philadelphia, just controlling Minnesota? It seemed like uh, when they hit Case's arm, uh, going in for a second score— And they would have opened up a pretty big lead. Yeah. And it it seemed to change the whole game, and and Minnesota never got back on track. You know, usually Minnesota jumps out ahead of you
1: quickly. Right. Gets out, gets a score on the board. Um, And and they did already. They did. They did. But I just, you know, you're at home. A guy, I was listening, looking at the game, and one guy made, I think, a very brilliant statement. He said that NFL playoffs should be on neutral sites. What do you think about that?
0: Well, the uh, uh, all the bowl games in college are. That's right, and I think that
1: honestly, I think that that played a part in the Philadelphia. But isn't that why you
0: bust your butt all year to get home field advantage too?
1: It is. I'm just presenting an option, but it it does. You know, it does give a leverage to whoever, you know, whatever team has the better team but now. That,
0: but, but does that lead to a team to go, you know what, we're a little beat up this week, winning this game, you know, mm-hmm. we're still gonna be in the playoffs, we're not playing for home field advantage now, we could kind of slack off. Mm-hmm. Would that happen? Well, I mean, I, I don't
1: think that when you get to that point and the extra checks, you know, each time you win a game, you get another check
0: plus your game check. I'm talking about the regular season, though. Oh, you okay. know, if your position is locked in uh, and if you win one more game here and you get home field advantage, and if you lose, you don't. But if there is no home field advantage, you go, you know, let's rest a couple of linemen that are beat up a little bit in this but, game. Yes, I, I think that'll be irrelevant. You know, thing to do. They did that
1: here. Right, right. They they rested some guys, and I think that's a smart way to go.
0: I I do like the uh, uh, the idea of the neutral, but you know, for the playoffs. But then I think it will change somewhat of the uh, of the regular season.
1: It it will. But interestingly enough, um, the Minnesota business community was very, very. they weren't really so happy about Minnesota coming
0: to the No, no, because people w- would go to the game and then go home. Exactly. You know, now they're going to, they're gonna coming make some, into town, they're going to be making some money. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: you know, it's just according to who you're talking to yeah, as yeah, to yeah, who's yeah, happy. Yeah. yeah, the
0: local pizza joint across the street from the stadium is thrilled. <laughs> they're thrilled. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But that's they right. won't say it, but... Uh, yeah you know that's true i mean you know uh you know i can't imagine the bucks brought into a city you know a couple of years ago when it was here in dallas they were just talking about how you know jones he's really gonna rake in the money and then we had an ice storm that's right they're barely able to play the game that's right
1: you know and and then what a year later he buys papa john's pizza (laughs) so maybe that pizza guy you're right on that pizza analogy you know (laughs) yeah
0: You, so he Jones owns part of Papa John's now. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> you see how the commercials
1: roll? You know he owns part of Papa John's
0: now. Oh yeah, you know Papa's retiring. You know he, he kind of backed the way I, I in my understanding. It's because of all the. Uh, the uh, football standing, not standing. He took a stance against the players or something. And oh, the Papa John Pizza guy. Uh, yeah, I oh, think really? maybe he was for them. I don't know if he was for them or against them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he's stepping down as CEO of Papa John's, and I don't really know why. But they were trying to tie it somehow to the NFL. Right. You know. Um, well,
1: I mean, but know, I'm I sure
0: that I'm sure him stepping down as
1: CEO, he won't require any.
0: Public assistance. Uh, I'm saying all of this is way above my pay grade anyway, <laughs> right. and probably understanding of uh, contracts and whatnot. That's true. So, you know, uh, um, all right. So, Philadelphia really destroyed Minnesota, uh, and the Pats had that amazing comeback. Does Jacksonville recover for next year? I think they do. I mean, I think they have a good,
1: all four of those teams have a good core, and I think that the only one that I would really question would be the one that people that's been there the most, is the Patriots. We don't know what Belichick's decision is going to be moving into next year. If he wins another Super Bowl, this, who's who knows? He might well, say... Well, he's not
0: going to the Giants because they just hired their that coach. That's true, Was it... Um, and, I, and don't ask me a name because it's, you know... Spagnola?
1: What? No, it was no. Sherma. It was... Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Sherma they hired. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and did you... Sherma came from Cleveland. Uh, you know, why, why would we hire someone that's coming from Cleveland?
0: Sherman must be a cousin
1: of somebody. Well,
0: you know, Marinelli he went to the Bears as a defensive coordinator and really beefed up the Bear defense, and then he went to Dallas and beefed up their defense. But as the head coach of the Detroit, he was zero sixteen. Right. So you know, I don't know. You know, you know, maybe they just like the guy. The th- philosophy of his, and you got to get certain players to fit philosophies. I would always think that you want to go after the best coach out there. I I do, too. um, So I wonder if they had any discussions with Belichick, because why would they rush so soon? You know, I would
1: think that they would have had discussions because Belichick has a history with the Giants. Belichick worked for them. Right, but I
0: don't think he could talk about that or could talk until after his team was out of the playoffs. Correct, correct. And I would have waited. Well, I probably would have waited too. I mean, you know, Um, uh, all he could have done is say no and then you can move on. Yeah, I Uh. I see where you're coming from.
1: Uh, I, I don't believe, I do believe though that the game, this millennial input, this young coach input, right, with right. Uh, the McVays and the, you know, I, I think you, I think Gruden might have it. Gruden comes out of an era of more than fourteen hits right, a right, year, right? Right. Right. And now he can't do that anymore. So he now has a has have a has to have a different
0: technique of delivering information yeah. to a to a, a group of young men. Yeah, Gruden, I. Don't know if that was the greatest move for either. He's been away from the game for a while. I know he's announcing, it and I know he knows the game inside and out. But it's a completely, like you said, it's a new generation.
1: Well, I have a contract here, uh, Scott. Uh, would you sign a contract for if I gave you a contract for ten, hundred million
0: dollars for ten? I'm not saying. I'm not saying. You know. You know. He can't turn the money down. You, you can't turn the money down. But I'm just saying. You know, they're they're expecting him to come in and start winning Super Bowls um why else would you hire him well and is he like you said is he going to be able to relate now because the way Gruton was back then with that skull on his face and you know all of his you know you know they build it up for his you know tv broadcast the way he is and everything how's that going to fly with the next wave of uh 20 year old kids, 22 year old kids.
1: See, I, I think that he has a good core. He has a, a he has a Derek Carr quarterback, young right. quarterback, already making enough money, so right. in fact making almost more money than anybody else, so he doesn't have to worry there. I think his defensive line is- And
0: is Derek Carr gonna, you know, buy into Gruden's, you know, much more discipline probably than Derek Carr has been used to?
1: Well, and, and if Derek wants to continue to make that money, the quarterback won't be the head coach. Derek will be somewhere else. That's the only leverage that you have. You know, have. you keep
0: saying that, but but I can't think of one quarterback making that big bucks that Osweiler. You know, but he didn't
1: produce on the field. But but the big bucks is what we're talking about. Yeah. You yeah, follow? yeah <laughs> That's yeah, the, yeah. the big bucks. He left Houston for 70 million, went to Denver for 70. Look at all the quarterbacks that are making 50, 60 million and have never been to a playoff. Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think that this millennial group, they have to have a coach. And, and, and I think you hit something real, real relevant too. The way that they structure Gruden's contract, they got it structured in a way in which if it doesn't work, then both of us are happy. I don't yeah. have to pay you and you have to leave. Right, right, right. That's, that's how it is these days. And yeah. with the owners now, in the old days, in our day, yeah. The owner of the Bears, the Bears were the money that he was making. He right. might have had some other little small side businesses. Right, right. But nowadays, every owner has major other businesses
0: some, in there. Some
1: have Papa John's. That's right. <laughs> some have, not only Papa John's, now they're coagulating. Right. The Steinbrenners right. and the Joneses sell beer in over 50% of the other stadiums.
0: Um, oh. So their oh. money
1: now is moving between each other.
0: Yeah. you follow me. Is it okay that you say, that you're telling on everybody? <laughs> well, that,
1: that what I just shared—that's actually on the billboard oh, okay, as you go okay, into okay, Cowboys okay, Stadium. Okay, okay, so, okay. I love Jerry
0: Jones. Yeah, yeah. No, I know you do. No, I know you really do. And my mom wants yeah. to meet him, so I yeah, got to yeah, stay stay yeah, good yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh man, you know. Well, my company used to do advertising for the Dallas Cowboys uh, before Jerry Jones, so I could I could leave it uh, I could leave it at that. Well. I mean, you know, you, you worked
1: a lot with Tom Landry and some yeah, of the stars yeah, and yeah. with the Cowboys, yeah. and, and our objective now is to uh, get you back in with the Cowboys yeah. so we can do some you more know, movies. I,
0: I couldn't believe how kind and considerate Tom Landry was to me whenever I was there. You know, he would sit down and talk to me. One day, I'm in his office talking to him, and I said, Coach, you must be busy. What are you doing? He said, No, Scott, take you know, let's talk for a couple of minutes. I'm just working on the game plan. And, I mean, I'm sitting and thinking... Tom Landry just told me to sit and visit with him for a few minutes. He's working on the game plan. Right. I was very concerned whether the Cowboys would win that next game or if I screwed something up. You know, That's a good point. But I don't think you could, I could walk into, I mean, I'm talking about in the 80s. I don't think I could walk into any NFL coach's office now and sit down and talk to him.
1: Oh, no. No, there's so much security around everybody it, now. It's so and, different.
0: Yeah, it's... it's it's completely different as it was then. You know. Oh my gosh. Well, on uh, uh, February 1st, we're going to premiere the second season. Wow Thursday night.
1: That's of the great. extra point, Best starring mentors. Larry
0: Mallory. Way to, go, way I to got, go. I got to think of all those intros where I tear you down a little bit so everybody gets a laugh in the audience. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> and it's nothing personal, you know no, that. No, no, it's no. It's all for the show. It is, you it know. Is. Um, and uh, uh, your guests for the first show are going to be two proud dads whose sons were uh, drafted into the NFL.
1: And with the, you know, with the NFL draft being being here in Dallas this year, well, actually in Arlington, Texas, at right, Cowboy right. Stadium, right. Um, I'm sure both Chris Thomas. And and well, I'm sure both of the fathers actually will be real happy, and they'll be a part of that uh, draft yeah. day. Right. And you and I will be planning some activities around draft yeah, day as yeah. well. Hopefully,
0: for sure, we'll at least be doing a podcast from there. Yeah. Um, and both of their sons had a, had a good year. Yeah, they're both well, happy about that. And we're talking about uh, Cliff Odom and his son Chris, who's exactly. on the uh, Green Bay. Exactly. And, uh, uh, and Chris, Chris Thomas. Thomas and his and, son is Solomon. Exactly. Thomas, who had a super year on the 49ers. That's right. That's you right. know, so that's. Uh, going to be at 5 o'clock Central Time on the GenerationsBroadcastCenter.com on the Generations YouTube channel. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, the Generations Broadcast Center. And
1: please subscribe and make sure you subscribe to your YouTube channel and to the GBC, the Generations Broadcast Center, to check out our, uh, our shows. You know, your support is what makes this all free. So we, we really appreciate your support. Okay. You and know, then, we need to let everybody please run and, and and look at that. It's going to be absolutely a fantastic yeah, year for us. It's going to be a great season. That's All right, right,
0: man. I'll see you next week. No glitches. Oh, way to go. Talk to you later. All right, man. All take care. the best. Care. Mm-hmm.